right, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode eight of Carpet Cliff Notes. Um, I just want to throw out uh, real quick, just so everybody knows, Carpet Cliff Notes is a separate podcast from Morelia Python Radio. It has nothing to do with Morelia Python Radio at all. It just has the same host and is on the same network. <laughs> yes, it's on the same network. But if you want to subscribe to Carpet Cliff Notes, look up Carpet Cliff Notes in whatever podcast app you choose and you will find it. Subscribe. And yeah, listen, yes, <laughs> yes, God. we uh, we'll get into that when we go to NPR, but gotcha. all right. <clears throat> we got to put on the right hat, so and yeah, we have the uh, hats here, short, know? simple, quick, quick episode, quick, right? Yeah, so in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about an issue that seems to come up with carpet pythons a lot it mm. is um, switching prey items. Um, so I don't, I mean. Yeah, we're going to get into this and break it down, but like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, has this been an issue for you, Owen, switch and pray? It, it, it has not been. It was always something I was afraid of when I was coming into it to the point where I would pride myself on my babies getting put onto rats as soon as humanly possible because mm-hmm. that's where they should have been. They should be on rats, and that's all a carpet python will ever eat is a rat. And yeah. that's a dumb way of thinking, having explored all the other stuff that I've fed to my carpet pythons and, and other stuff. So I will say that certain animals, and I'm not even saying, like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, jungles. No, no, Cer- a certain animal, one or two animals in your collection can be picky feeders, mm-hmm. and they can get locked on to something, and that's the only prey item that they will eat. Now, I don't understand why this is such a horrible thing, because <laughs> it's eating. Yes. <laughs> right. Not eating what I wanted to eat. I don't give a damn. It's like, you know, but I've seen that with certain Morelia. You know, I have my rough scale um, female. She doesn't want rats. She wants mice. So I just feed her like three or four mice at a time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like it, sometimes they do get caught on that. I do find that um, it was definitely something people would worry about babies as they're transitioning up from mice to rats as being where people might say they might have problems. Um, and I've never seen anything like that with youngsters. Yeah, I haven't either. <clears throat> I think, um, I think some of the things that people are seeing is, is that they, the fact that they overfeed their animals yes. and they don't want to eat probably because they feel like they're going to explode. explode yeah. It's, they eat another rodent. Um, <laughs> that's the funny so, thing. It's like the, I feed my, my snake only eats rats. I feed him every other, every, every two days. Dear God, stop. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's like that. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, uh, I guess with, with switch and prey items, I mean, I think we're talking about like, sort of like what you said, Owen, you know, you have this, um, you know, you have the neonate phase, you right. get them going. Right. Um, I find that this could be the time when carpets can be the pickiest, right? Yes. Because in nature, they're eating skinks lizards. and other lizards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, not what we try to feed them. It's, it's, no. you gotta get, you gotta get their brain to figure out that what you're presenting them is food. And that can be hard sometimes. So yeah. I would say the carpets are their pickiest when they are ba- juveniles, babies, neonates. So somewhere along the way, there mm-hmm. has been this myth that like, you know, sort of like, uh, again, what you alluded to earlier is that, um, you know, if you don't get them switched to rats, you know, they'll never switch. They'll never switch <laughs> never, over. I mean, yeah, They're okay. eat it forever. It, you know? 
Although yeah. I do like cheeseburgers, I would not want to eat cheeseburgers for the rest of, for my, rest life. of my life. Yeah, it, what, <laughs> so, I, what I have found is that, it, it, listen, when you get a carpet python to about a year old, I'm pretty sure you could put like a bolt in front of it, like a metal bolt. It'll eat it like yeah. if, if it's rolling. So if you're worried about transition, if they're about that year, year and a half old, you swap them from adult mice to rat pups. They'll they'll hit it like rat weanlings. And then that's yeah. it. I've never had a problem with that. I've even had it where I have snakes on rat weanlings and I run out of rat weanlings mm-hmm. and then I feed them a couple mice. And then when I get more rats, guess what? They eat the rats. <laughs> like it's, yeah. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, just, I just never have run. I mean, I have run into some snakes that wouldn't eat. I think, I think for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I put this in our show notes, I think for me, it seems to be, and I could be wrong here, but it seems that jungles seem to be the ones that are the pickiest. I, of I would say they have their reputation, but I would also say that, like, out of all my adult carpets, the only one that is still on mice is a jungle male. Right. So I would say that, and he'll just ignore a rat. He won't even strike at it. Like, some will strike a rat and let it go, but he just doesn't care. So that is, and that happens. If, if certain animals are kept on mice, I think... If, if you go beyond that year and a half into two years, three years with just one type of prey, then introducing a new one can kind of throw them for a loop. So see, yeah, <clears throat> I get that. And I, yeah. but again, with me, I have no, so I keep my carpets hungry. Yeah. They're yeah. hungry. Oh, so, oh I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they want to eat. Doesn't matter what's in front of them. Put in front yep. of them yep. They're going to eat. I think that really, Again, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, I think that a lot of people overfeed um, their I can snakes. Completely agree, and and yeah, and I think it it leads to to issues. Now, you also have mm-hmm. um, typically. I'm not so sure with colubrids, but maybe you can hit on that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I think with most pythons, they sort of go through a seasonal fast, right? Some yes. worse than others. Um, you see it specifically. Uh, I see it a lot with male carpet pythons. Um, as soon as I know that they're refusing food and they're cruising their tub, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, male carpets can't think about two things at once: it's either food <laughs> or females. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'll say that colubrids do go through a seasonal fast, especially colubrids from North America uh, uh-huh. in our area, because right. it, they'll burrow down and then nothing's coming out to where they're at. Um, so they'll definitely do it. I would say that also with even this, if you don't. Even if you are, oh no! If I don't mess with their temperatures, they will keep eating till they die. Like it is, it really is temperature regulated, right? Yeah, Um, I got you. I'll say that also. I had uh, when Glitch was young, he was eating rats and stuff with you. He came over to me. He kept eating rats, and then I couldn't get him to eat, and I got him eating uh, chicks and quail, Uh and then he wouldn't eat rats. So then I put him down for winter, brought him back up where he had several months without food. And then all of a sudden now he wants rats again. So right. I want to say there is something to the feeding too much. And also, you know, fasting is not, we, we have it ingrained in our heads that the snake needs to be healthy. Snake is healthy if it's eating. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. It can be healthy without eating. Like it's not a problem. So yeah. fasting remember, can help. I remember seeing pictures and this was carpet specific. I have mm-hmm. to see if I can look it up. Uh, I probably saved it somewhere. Anyway, um, the one thing that I noticed is um, 
that even animals that you would thought would be on the leaner side when mm-hmm. they died and they did a necropsy on it. Um, Fatty tumors very, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, a lot of fat. Yeah. Know? They can get them very quickly and it's usually around the midsection down. Yeah. So it really packs in around the, the vital organs and intestines and stuff like that. So it's, it's not good. <laughs> like it's no. not good. No. So, so, I would say, I mean, as far as, so I offer a variety of prey. I think you do the same. I, I think do. I offer, and this would be to anything. It's not necessarily uh, specific on size or whatever. Mice, rats, African soft furs, um, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters, gerbils, chicken, quail. Uh, and you've even fed your babies fish. Yeah, add that to the list. Yeah, we can add that to the list. So um, as far as my carpets, I, I feed... Um, Rats, mice, um, quail, chicks, and then I'll do uh, chicken legs, drumsticks, um, turkey necks. Uh, I'll do fillets of fish with the skin on, and I'll also do whole fish if I can get them of the appropriate size. As far as the babies, um, I have fed now, I have two baby carpet pythons that are solely on live fish right now because they refused everything else. And I had a couple extra for when I was feeding the rhinos. So I'm like, screw it. And <laughs> they took it. They so, took it. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, whatever. I mean, I guess in nature, they're not going to be picky about it. They're going to, they're going to, yeah. I mean, they can get, if they, if they're hungry enough and then something kind of speaks to the brain that this is prey, I don't care what it is. I mean, even with the Dominican red mambo is like, I, okay, you'll eat geckos. Guess I'm getting geckos. Like, I don't, I never liked the idea of I'm going to force you until you eat this mouse. Like, and I, and then there's the stress and all this other stuff that can kill a snake. It's, you know, I, I, numerous times I'm coaching people through uh, them having feed problems with babies. If, you know, they bought it from me and it's just a little freaked out from the trip. And it's like, how often do I feed it? Leave it alone. What? I'm like, leave it alone. Like, no, no, don't touch it. Like offered food. Right. Leave it alone. If it doesn't eat after this, what should I do? Should I feed next week? No, give it two weeks. Then go get it something alive. And then if that doesn't work, you can offer again. Like it's, it, they never go past the alive because it's like, yeah, they're hungry. Yeah, they're scared. They don't want to eat. And then all of a sudden, now they've had three weeks, they've kind of settled in and here, oh, live food. And that just jumps right into their head and they're at it. And after, of course, these babies have eaten with me numerous times or I wouldn't have let them out the door. So it's just something to get them jump-started. Sometimes variation of prey can actually get a nervous baby back eating. So, Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's again, you know, I think, uh, so let's just say, and this does not necessarily switching prey items, but it's getting them going uh, when, yeah. when we're trying to get them to feed when they're young or whatever. A chick, uh, I mean, a chick. A trick that people use is uh, something called chick down. You know, mm, so they'll yeah. take. So you should always have like a, always have a, a bag couple, of chicks. Yeah, yeah, a couple of chicks in your freezer, uh, ready to go, so you can cut a little of it down off. You you sort of scent it, uh, the the prey item, whether mice, rat, whatever. I used to um, put um for the for the olives, olives, olive love pythons birds. love birds. They <laughs> yeah. love them. So I just took the mice and I put chick down on like their head. Uh-huh. And the olives just like nailed it, like they were going out of going like it. It was crack. Like I showed the olives, the mice without 
the chick down on them. Uh-huh. Didn't care. Put the chick down on it. They were like, the hell is this? And they just nailed it. And right. then after a couple feedings, I just stopped putting the chick down on it and they just kept going. So sometimes it's, again, it's getting them to recognize what you're offering is food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, another one would be making sure that the prey item is uh, warmed up. Hot as yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So put it in. Uh, I use, uh, I just use hot water from the faucet, you know, get it real hot. You know what's funny? Throw is it in there. I saw there are these things now. Um, they're uh, for cooking steaks. Like you fill up a big pan of um, water and then you put like steaks in these bags in the water in the bath. And this big wand like cooks it and spins it. And I saw somebody on some Instagram or whatever. He was, he had his um, food that he was getting ready for the snakes and he had one of those things in it. So the water was constantly moving and it was a set temperature of like 90 something degrees, like Uh the water. So like he's walking around and he's doing a bunch of snakes. So I don't know about you, but a lot of times, the snakes at the end of the feeding schedule, they're mice. Like I yeah. might have to go back and refresh in the water or whatever. Yeah. This dude, like they, they're at a constant 90 degrees as he's walking around feeding. And I'm like, well, shit. It's <laughs> a pretty good idea. Might think yeah. about that. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, I've kept a lot of different pythons. Um, I, I would say that for me, you know, the one that I had the trickiest time with is like the poplin python, not the mm. poplin carpet python, but the poplin python. Because if you don't, if you, you know, they have a tendency if you don't offer them, you know, the the the, the prey in a in a specific way, like it, you know, the head has to be, you know, I hate those animals. Yeah, I hate them. You know oh. exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I you know, have a, my caramel exactly tiger. She's like, no, it wasn't set at a 90 degree angle. I dropped right. it. The cute right. bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't really run into that with carpets. I mean, and, and, you know, uh, my sample size is 200 plus. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I have every animal, I any, every animal's quirky. I mean, every animal and like, dude, yeah. I, I would say that now, um, my animals, the way I'm feeding now where it's sporadic and it's maybe like two weeks or something between feedings. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not, dumping rats out or throwing shit away it, it, everything is eaten like if right. i thought it it's yeah. eating unless yeah. i accidentally miscounted like you know no they they hit it hard and it doesn't matter if it's a chicken leg or a rat they'll they'll hit it so i think um i think that switching up the prey items yes. is probably pretty beneficial and that could just be me thinking that way but i would think that you know, um, there has to, like, if you're eating just a laboratory mouse or rat, um, yeah. are there, you know, nutrients or vitamins or whatever missing from their diet and, you know, and, um, maybe offering up, um, you know, different prey items could, could satisfy that. Um, it's, it's good for them. It really is. And it's also good for you and your wallet. I mean, like, my my the store up the street for me constantly has sales for like chicken drumsticks and stuff like that so you know and it's good variation and medium rats are the most expensive thing in herpticulture you know um mix it up a little bit and you'll be surprised my my snakes uh i had a few that have bred now two years in a row they're getting the year off Uh they don't need the year off i'm just giving it to them like 
Sure. They they gained all that weight back plus. And I'm like, all right. So Yeah. Um so yeah, I I and again, I guess the only carpet I can speak on would be the um would be the uh what do you call it? Um Nimbricata. Yeah. I'm sorry, that hurt. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, actually, the one thing is, um, you got your dad like a bunch of frozen frog legs. I'm like, I'm gonna feed these to snakes. <laughs> You're like, they're for humans. I'm like, I don't care. I haven't right. done that yet, but they're all, they're on my list of shit to try. Okay. So I bet yeah, you, especially eat it. with you, with all these weird colubrids and stuff. Oh that's my like, god, it's waste, so you know? much, dude. People like big colubrids are are hard. I'm like, you fill up a bowl of food and you put it in their cage. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't do that with your carpets, but uh, no, I mean like, dude, but the Kribo, it, like, the, there's this bowl and it's got a it's got a small rat in there, a couple cuts of fish, um, and uh, wow, and then like wild. a and then like a, a couple chicken wings. I put that in there; they will eat it all. Yeah, wow. and that's just because like I don't feel like being downstairs and feeding them. Like other caliber people, where it's like, oh, every week. Like, no, no, no. They can go a couple weeks, but they they gorge themselves when I feed them, and then that's it. Like, they're fine. Right. It's and it's so much easier than everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think the, uh, the the last thing we'll hit on would be, um, you know. Uh, tips for switching, right? So my right. tip would be, I mean, obviously the first one would be setting, kind of like we yeah. talked about with the chicks. You can do that with mice. You can do that with rats. You can do that with African soft furs. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of getting their system going. I mm-hmm. found that African soft furs, in particular, are Morelia crack. crack. Uh, hairless, <laughs> hairless rats as well are also. They smell really bad and they feel weird. But right. apparently, carpets love them. Love I would them. say there's a bunch of different scents that you can buy online, like frog, gecko, yes. lizard. Frog. Those can also help. Um, I've even heard tuna fish and chicken broth that can be used to get snakes to eat as well. Right. Um, so that would be scenting. And then the other one that I heard, and yeah. I've, seen, I've seen this from, um, actually Gavin Bedford did this. Is it a chain um, feeding? Yes. Yeah. So uh, his own pellet, again, carpets, not necessarily um, the same as own pellies, but apparently they're kind of closely related and probably Close should enough, damn it. In, yeah. in with the scrubs and stuff, which mm-hmm. you kind of thought, but... Uh, you know, we'll we'll find out soon enough. Anyway, he sort of takes like uh, you know, I'll take the the. I think he uses quail or chicks, some kind of bird, and then he'll tie like uh, a rodent to it, and then you know they swallow the the uh, the bird, and along with that goes the rodent. You know, um, one of the things you could do with the scenting is is that you know you you scent it and then slowly back off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, till it's taking it without the scent. Um, but I mean, there, that's that. I don't know, man. I just, I just don't experience that. I'm sure, like you said, you know, there's certain snakes that are individuals or whatever. And, um, just like people, I'm sure that, you know, some of them are picky about certain things, but I don't necessarily think that that's really Morelia Spilota related. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I said, I, I think maybe you should take a step back look at what you're doing as a keeper and see if you're maybe doing something wrong to why that animal wouldn't refuse a meal. You know? Right. And there's you know? nothing wrong with walking away for 
a couple weeks. Like I sure I remember somebody online was like, My snake won't eat my snake, but we eat them and I'm panicking. Yes. And this thing was an adult male that was larger than most of my proven females. <laughs> right. And he feeds it every week. And I and I understand, you know, I, I totally do because I was there at some point, nothing like that. And I think a lot of people sure. of us were. But it's okay to walk away. And if he's gonna fast for a couple months, that's fine. Right. These animals are not eating that much in the wild at all. And you got to think of it with this happy little medium of that. You need to feed them to keep them healthy and happy. If you overfeed them, you will kill them. Like you got to find the sweet spot. Right. So, yeah, I guess that would be it uh, when it comes to switching prey items. So uh, if you have any other questions or uh, comments, or maybe you would like to hear, uh, you know, uh, some other specific topic, uh, you can send them to info at moreliapythonradio.com. So Carpet Cliff Notes is brought to you by the Morelia Python Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Say that. <laughs> They're a sponsor? Such crafty <laughs> bastards. Anyway. <laughs> Be sure to check out our other podcast if you want more information on carpet pythons and other pythons, Indo-Australian pythons. And every once in a while we talk about some other stuff. Stuff. Check out Morelia Python Radio. Yep. Um, and then we also have a new podcast that Owen and Riley are doing, Colubrid Corner. And then there's a new podcast that me and Rob Stone are doing called Student of the Serpent. So all uh, oh my god there's so many now <laughs> all accessible all you have to do is uh go to your podcast app and uh, you should just yeah, be one <laughs> for yeah, 10 right. years there's one <laughs> yeah yes. cool